0: The people around us are remarkable, and all it takes are a few questions to discover something intriguing or inspiring. Welcome to T-Town Stories, a show dedicated to the one and only Tuscaloosa and hosted by Quana. You can call him Q. He'll be queuing up questions to locals with diverse experiences and backgrounds. This is our town and our stories. This is T-Town Stories. hey, Sandy, thank you so much for meeting with me today.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to do this.
0: Listeners, I want to welcome Sandy Horsley to the podcast. She is the executive director at Save a Life Tuscaloosa. Save a Life is a resource center doing pro-life work throughout each stage of a child's life. Her center, which is supported by many organizations and churches in Tuscaloosa, is located next door to West Alabama Women's Center in Tuscaloosa, which is about a mile off the campus of the university. All right. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I uh, really just want this to be a conversation of the work you're doing and even more specifically about the journey that brought you to the point that you're now leading this thing, you're now directing this. Just to give listeners a starting point for Save a Life, describe what Save a Life is, um, really what is the goal, and then maybe you can even zoom into what is the process for the folks that walk through these doors.
1: Okay, Save a Life is a crisis pregnancy clinic. It is the opportunity for a woman that is in a crisis pregnancy to walk in our doors and be met with love and grace in her situation. We um, want to help her in any way that we can. We call ourselves Choices Pregnancy Clinic because we do explain to her all of the choices, and we try to do it. Um, even through uh, the government standpoint. We use their materials to present the choices. But we also want to meet this woman in her hour of desperation. And a lot of these women come through our doors, very desperate, and have many situations besides the pregnancy that is overwhelming them. And that's why they're here. And we choose to try to meet as many of those needs or direct them to the groups that can to help them. But we also want to be there and support her. And if she chooses to parent, we want to help her through that in any way that we can for that child's
0: life. Right. Um, It is so special to hear you uh, talk about the big picture and the big goal, uh, because it is a big goal. Uh, A lot of people look at that goal and they say, what difference can we make uh, and you said I'll show you yeah. and you he took the reins and went forward well I wanted to shift gears a little bit um, because our listeners are um, have all what we tell people as T-Town stories is to get stories of people with diverse backgrounds mm-hmm. and inevitably that's gonna make our listening crowd people with diverse backgrounds you're obviously very close to an issue that is sadly very dividing in our nation you know we you know even in individual cities it's people operate in their convictions in different ways right uh, but how do you personally choose to interact and engage with those who would disagree with you uh, on your convictions
1: well i i personally like to do it with grace and love but i also like for them to see what i believe is the truth And we also, when people engage us in this, um, I try to explain that I don't want to push my political position on someone. That is not my desire. My desire is to give them all the options not just the one that the world is telling them, not just the one that their friend or boyfriend is telling them, but I want them to see what other opportunities. And I wish that everyone had the opportunity to talk to so many of these mothers and see the joy in their lives for the decisions that they've made. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of what establishes my belief in that this is the right place for me.
0: Well, it's very evident you've got to have a a strong conviction to, to lead. An organization like this, and uh, I certainly see that fleshed out in the work that you're doing here. Thank you. I think you've been an example to folks like myself uh, in how to engage graciously with people who hold different stances than you, who even do different work than (laughs) you. And I know you're very close to another clinic that is drastically different than your own. And Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen you... uh, navigate those relationships with grace, yet holding uh, your convictions. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, a lesson for me and I know for many others.
1: Well, I think that if you follow the example of Jesus Christ, um, you love everyone and you're to embrace them with Christ's love. And if you do that, I don't think you can make too many mistakes.
0: That's a good word. (laughs) Well, you personally, Sandy, are you doing what you thought you would be doing when you were younger?
1: Not for a minute.
0: <laughs> Not for a minute. <laughs>
1: no.
0: So, if, so continue to answer that question, but along with it, maybe answer, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this now?
1: I would be sitting in a home that was loaded with apologetic books and books to minister to college students because there's nothing I love more than college students and helping them find the answers to life.
0: Well, you would have been doing a wonderful thing, even if you weren't doing this wonderful thing. So that's <laughs> awesome to hear. So did you have a life in college ministry before? Yes. Okay. What did that look like? Was that here in town? or?
1: Um, actually, uh, I've done a couple of things. Um, when I lived in California, I worked with high school kids in Youth for Christ with Campus Life. And as those kids graduated, they needed a connection. And so my husband had been within a varsity before And he had a lot of their tools for ministry. And so we kind of ran a program that was very similar to InterVarsity and then even connected with InterVarsity and um, worked with college kids in California. And then when we came back here um, through Capstone, we had the opportunity to work with college students Mm -hmm. as well. And that was just a wonderful experience for us. We love it.
0: That's wonderful. And that's where I had the opportunity of meeting you. And I saw a glimpse of that heart for college students. Mm -hmm. You were always introducing me to college students on a Sunday morning. Yes. You know, and that was so, uh, it was so evident, the mm-hmm. heart that you had for those students. Still do. <laughs> yes, and still do. And I'm sure that that uh, is needed in a place like this. So ministry is has been in your heart um, for quite a while. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Were you impacted by such ministries when you were younger?
1: Actually, no. And that is Kind of interesting, but um, I was, when I became a Christian, um, taught by Bill Bright's group okay. in you know Campus Crusade, mm-hmm. how to share my faith, and did it all the way through grade school and high school, believe it or not, and um, followed that into Bible college. Mm-hmm. And from that point, um, got married and went to California and pursued work with high school kids there. All right. And, um,
0: what part of California?
1: Orange County and in the Anaheim and Garden Grove areas. Yeah.
0: Been to most, uh, been to two of those places at least. Did you know I was born in California?
1: I, you know, I remember now that yeah. when you said I was that. born in
0: Barstow, That's the desert. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I've li- I've got friends that live in Anaheim. I've got, I've I've lived in about three parts of California.
1: Well, same here. We actually lived in Placentia also. Okay, and so but we love that whole Orange County area. So.
0: Yeah. So now we're both in T town. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Living our stories here. Yes. Um, Well, tell me, you've had quite a journey uh, geographically and across ministry lines with Save a Life, with Choices. Um, How did you get started? Was this something that you had a passion for that developed into this and you started this by yourself or did someone hand it over? Tell us the the story behind that.
1: Uh, It's a little bit of a path if I can just try to shorten the story for you, okay? So when we moved to Alabama, I knew if I went back to work... I, we moved back to here because we had our first child and we wanted him to be near his grandparents and um, my parents. And I wanted to work as a personal shopper. That was the goal. And so I approached Parisians and told them what I wanted. And they said, well, let's put you on the floor and see what you can do. And they did. And I proved it. And they gave me the position of personal shopper at the Hoover River Chase uh, Parisians, which I was at for 21 years. And that was a lengthy path in a way that, but yet I look at it as the book of Esther is for such a time as this because a lot of them are supporting me and what I'm doing now. And I see that as a huge blessing in God's design when I look back. Then after that, you know, and just God allowing you to pursue your passions and Him knowing that I was a tennis player and loved to play tennis. I got to coach at Hoover High School, then at the University of Montevallo. But at the end, End of the time at Montebello, I fell and busted a knee, so I couldn't really coach anymore. I uh, walked into the Board of Education in Bibb County, where we lived at the time, and was putting in my application just to substitute teach. And a lady walked out of her office and said, I was about to call you. I have a job for you, and it's working with at-risk kids. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is my degree is in adolescent psychology. And I thought, this is a dream come true. And um, it led me into many a home, and as I went into the homes, I discovered that the problem in the home was that they were not being parented. And as I did that, I built a parenting program and presented it to our local juvenile judge, and he said, go with it. And so he let me start meeting with parents before we brought them into court and giving them the opportunity to reconcile the situations in that most of the time a parent was not at home or they were in ineffective parent for several reasons, either being a drug or alcohol abuse or um, being a handicapped parent. So as I observed this and saw what was going on, um, the local DHR, Department of Human Resources, started using my program with the kids and the parents and were sending them to me. And I, at that time, was searching for a way to start a family education center for that very reason, because I thought if I can prevent them getting to court by doing this, that was my passion. Right. That led me to the local Save-A-Life in Bibb County. And at the time, I approached them just to get involved. And I felt like um, it was a good match for me because they were doing a lot of the things that I wanted to do. And I approached um, their their uh, board chair. And she said, um, we'll be praying for us. Our director just left. And I asked, okay, so what are the qualifications? And she told me, and I said, my resume will be in your mailbox tomorrow morning. (laughs) That's wonderful. And so I loved what I got to do, but God had me there only part-time, which was beautiful because I was able to travel all over the state on my off time and see what other clinics in the state were doing. And I learned so much and just literally was a sponge and overwhelmed at all the things that were happening and changing in the whole community of pregnancy resource centers and was so excited to see those programs implemented and not really knowing that we could implement them down in Bibb County but not knowing what God was preparing me for at the time. Right. Which, um, when the position in Tuscaloosa came open, I had been up here leading Bible studies with uh, student athletes and um, other uh, young gals from our church. And so when, um, the opportunity came up that this position was open. I asked my husband first, honey, what do you think? And he said, it'd pay for your gas. <laughs> <And Yeah>. So <laughs> I was Pragmatist. like, very true, because I loved coming up here and, and being around the college students.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful to see. Well, tell me this uh, just broadly. I know you spoke to this already, but what do you love about your job day to day? What are some of your things that just get you out of the bed?
1: Um, I have never enjoyed anything as much as this because it's using giftings that I really didn't know that I had. I told someone today on the phone um, at the police department, (laughs) you would love being in here because when you come in and you see that you've made a difference in someone's life and you see them leaving with a smile on their face and the happiness in their heart, you can't help but leave your job every day smiling.
0: That's so wonderful, Sandy. Thank you for sharing that. Well, what is uh, the most perhaps unexpected thing you've learned in your work, not only with Save Lives, but just along your journey?
1: I think that one of the biggest things that was unexpected, because I was pro-choice and a very vocal pro-choice and a very um, well-spoken apologist and that I could argue the point very well, Um, Once you step into these women's lives and you start hearing their stories, you can see the desperation that would make them choose the other choice. And it is a matter of loving them, no matter what decision they make, so that you can be here. We actually uh, just recently had a call from someone who made the other choice, but came back to us because she's hurting. And so um I feel like being able to hear their story and try to meet their needs and love them in every way is something that I didn't see When I joined up the program, I thought I would just be able to argue why um, pro-life was the best choice. And I realized quickly that had I been in their situation, except for the grace of God, there go I. And it made you realize that you have to have a lot more resources. You have to have a lot more um, voices. That can address
0: a lot more perspective. That's exactly
1: mm-hmm. right. Because the situation sometimes can even overwhelm our entire team and wondering what to do. <clears throat> well,
0: at the time of this recording, we are only weeks into 2020. And um, I'd love to hear, do you have any uh, stories, a highlight from 2019 that you can share?
1: Yeah, Um I just uh, have a couple of stories. Uh, one is that um, we had someone walk in to the clinic and wasn't on our schedule, and they um, stayed. Uh, I think they had intended to uh, go to the abortion clinic, but Um, They stayed to just share their story, and she was a student, and she just shared that she knew that her parents would stop supporting her and that she would lose her scholarship. We wanted to hear all of her story, and we just shared with her what we could do for her if um, she decided she wanted to parent. And she uh, messaged us over the weekend and told us that she had talked to her parents and um, that they were supportive, and um, she came back for another ultrasound and um, chose to parent, and then she... Uh, smart enough to seek out the student services that the university offers, which is incredible for um, a student found in this situation. So uh, that is probably you know one of our joy points for the season. and then another is um, someone who walked in again, then she walked out and then she came back and um, she uh, really didn't want to have a pregnancy test or an ultrasound but she did want to talk to our advocate for a very long time and she did. And after uh, we heard her story, uh, we found out that she wasn't from our area, and um, but we were able to connect her with the Vestavia Clinic, and um, she was able to set up, and it wasn't long before she sent us a picture of the baby, and um, we were just thrilled at that opportunity as well. And it was a woman that was facing, you know, a lot of difficult situations with her job and her face in the community and mm-hmm. her, uh, all the things that you know sometimes mm-hmm. come into play and right so um you know we get a lot of stories like that i mean i think yeah. i could probably go on and on and yeah. on
0: no that gives but. us a good a really good glimpse into why this work matters In your line of work, Sandy, you don't have to ponder very long to think of something very disheartening, do you? No. (laughs) But because of organizations like Save a Life, the converse is true. You can find stories of hope. What are you most excited about in 2020 and beyond?
1: Well, I am extremely excited about what we're seeing um, this past year by implementing the fathering program. Um, the DAD uh, community has developed, um, this has been a dream of mine even when I was at bib to see this implemented and I knew that it was something that would make an entirely huge difference. I had gone through the training at CareNet and and um, learned all the, the positive impacts of having this program and uh, we had a gentleman, Chris Miller, who stepped up to the plate and chose to help me with this and get it rolling because he could see, you know, the point of it as well. And what happened is the first guy that Chris met with, I believe, I think it's first, but anyway, um, said, Chris asked him, well, who's your support system? And he said, well, I really don't have anybody. And he said, no one. And he said, no one. I've, I've got no one in my life. And then Chris started talking to him a little bit more. And he asked him about how he felt about having Baby, And he said, "Um, well, I'd like to have it, but she doesn't want to. And Chris said, well, have you told her how you feel? And he said, no, it's her choice. And he said, but it's your baby. And perhaps you should communicate. Maybe all she's waiting for is to hear that you want to support her and the baby. It kind of like a light went on and he said, I'll do it. And so he went over when we did the ultrasound and um, he did whisper to her, I want to have this baby. And that was an immediate turning point in her life. You know, just seeing how the dad's program and just the interaction with the males that come in, that's been my heart and passion for a long time. But then to see over this past year, as a result of implementing that program pretty early in the year, we've had now six weddings and five engagements. And it's just been really neat to see um, the relationships and the amount of clients I think more than doubled, maybe even came close to tripling what we saw on this side as families. And a lot of people um may not be very pro family, but yet if you consider a child, a child flourishes when they have a mother and a father in the home. And so if we can do that for these babies and encourage that and support that and support these dads who all seem to love coming to this dad's meeting where they just get to hang out and have fun, but then also Discuss a concept of fathering. You know, it is um, a, a huge joy for us, but to see them uh, participating, to be a part of that child's life, and to hear ways to do
0: it—that's wonderful. Sandy, this has been a true joy to hear yeah. the journey that uh, you have been on to get you to this point, and it is exciting to hear about the future work that's going to be uh, going on here.
1: And I, can I just say something as a, a a shout out to i couldn't do what i'm doing if i didn't number one have a god-given staff they each do their role in the most amazing way and so that's i think the beauty of being a part of this While you leave with a smile on your face right you know and then also just a uh, god blessed me with a board i i know that it was just dropped in my lap but that is so behind this and so a part of it and so supportive Well,
0: there may be people listening to this podcast who, for a number of reasons, would love to get in contact with you or the clinic. How could they do that?
1: They can uh, call or text us at 205-759-5433.
0: All right. Good to know. And listeners, you can find them there. And if you ever need to reach out for any reason at all, please do so, whether it's for volunteering, supporting, or for uh, taking advantage of the services here. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, Sandy, for uh, the work you do. And thank you for spending your lunch break chatting with me and telling some stories.
1: My pleasure. (laughs)